This is The Other 14 Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of The Other 14 Podcast. The only podcast that forgets all about the so-called Big Six and focuses just on the other 14 teams of the Premier League. And another one bites the dust. Leeds decide that they are having enough of Gracia, and with the inevitability of thunder after lightning, our other 14 Premier League Hall of Fame manager, Big Sam Allardyce, returns to the Premier League. And, unlike always, I am not joined by Tom. My disloyal colleague has decided he deserves a holiday of all things. So unfortunately, listeners, you are stuck with just me and my sweet, sweet nasally tones. So it is over to me with the classified results for the game week. Here are the classified results for match week 34 of the 22-23 Premier League season. Crystal Palace 4, West Ham United 3, Brentford 2, Nottingham Forest 1. Brighton and Hove Albion 6, Wolves 0. AFC Bournemouth 4, Leeds 1. Fulham 1, 2. 1, Aston Villa 0. Newcastle United 3, Southampton 1. Leicester City 2, Everton 2. 1, Fulham nil. 3, West Ham United nil. And those with Brighton v Manchester United still to be played in that make-up fixture. Over the last game week and catch-up fixtures, we've had a few of the other 14 all but guarantee their Premier League survival. While although being gifted some favourable Premier League fixtures... Everton, Leicester and Leeds haven't been able to shake themselves free of the tendrils of the relegation zone, pulling them in slowly. After their strong wins against West Ham, United and Leeds respectively, Palace and Bournemouth are pretty much safe and can now start planning their summer spending spree, with Crystal Palace under Hodgson now having absolutely hit that 40-point mark while Bournemouth's impressive win have seen them move on to 39 points, which all but guarantees them Premier League safety for next season. For Palace, they were largely gifted the three points, thanks to some questionable defending from David Moyes' men, who doubled down in the game week by losing at the Etihad 3-0 to the champions, Manchester City. Bournemouth proved yet again that the vitality is a fortress, as they trounced Javi Gracia's men 4 one. Gary O'Neill has been nothing short of phenomenal with that squad and in recent weeks has absolutely kicked on separating themselves from the rest of the pack in truly exquisite style. That result however was enough for the Leeds board to commit their second sacking of the season and moved on to their fourth manager in just over a year. From Bielsa to Big Sam it sounds like a phenomenal indie doc ready to be made. I have to say, though, out of the four managers, 
Aladici does give me the most hope of Premier League survival. It may not be the type of football that Leeds fans absolutely love. And to be honest, I think at this point, although it's not the attacking, free-flowing style of Bielsa or Marsh, that I think, like all pragmatic people like myself, will turn around and say... Premier League survival is more important than pretty football. Pretty football only gets you so far. And if pretty football gets you relegated, then it's not so good. Because what is the point playing pretty football away at Carrow Road? It's really not. However, Premier League survival is so essential. And to be honest, if you are going to sack a manager and you need Premier League survival, Big Sam is the go-to. A number of teams haven't done that. Obviously, Southampton appointed Sellers, which wasn't a great idea. Leicester still tussling out down there with Dean Smith. And Everton, although they went on to another incredibly pragmatic safe pair of hands, Sean Dyche still finds them in the relegation zone. And they just seem to be dropping points consistently and not being able to pick up those vital few wins that other teams have. So appointing Big Sam was a really interesting choice. Um, I think Javi Gracia has reason to be a little bit upset. Since his appointment in replacing Jesse Marsh, he has got 11 points from 11 games. Admittedly, a lot of them were kind of skewed towards the start of that period. But that's still 11 points from 11 games. That is pretty much, I will stay in the Premier League form. Maybe Leeds wanted to be a bit more clear of the fight right now, but... He started when he joined them, they were in the relegation zone, and now he's been sacked from them. They are not in the relegation zone. It had been a terrible run from them, and to be honest, with their unbelievable capacity to concede goals, it isn't a surprise really that he's been sacked, other than they weren't in the relegation zone. That's a really big thing at this point of the season, admittedly. They weren't far off. They were out of it on goal difference. Surprisingly, they somehow conceded less goals than Forrest. Or maybe not conceded less, but at least their goal difference is slightly improved. Javi Gracia's final, well, final five fixtures, conceding five at home to Leeds, six at home to Palace, lose away 2-1 to Fulham, that draw against Leicester in a one-all, and then losing 4-1 away at Bournemouth. That is a hideous amount of goals to be conceding. 18 in five games truly is quite staggering. And to be honest, it doesn't get much easier for them. With Man City next as their next fixture this coming weekend, then inviting Newcastle, who very much look like they're nailed on for Champions League football, then away at West Ham, which is probably, or most definitely, their most winnable fixture out of the four. And then home to Tottenham, which, let's be honest, depending on what Tottenham turns up, they could actually probably fight something out there. It's just whether that will be too little too late. In Big Sam's first interview, he has in his press conference, he turned around and said that they would be needing six points for survival. And I think that's fairly realistic. Um, I think we've said for a while now that the cutoff will be 36 points, not that magical 40. Which, to be honest, given the teams down there and the points totals they're on, currently Leeds are tied with Leicester and Nottingham Forest on 30 points. Everton being that one point beneath them. 
And then, shockingly, Southampton are got... Well, they, they can't not be gone on 24 points. They would need to win all their games at this point, and that just isn't happening. So Sam has set them the target of six points. Out of all the run-ins down there, they have probably the ugliest. Leicester, just above them, have Fulham, Liverpool, Newcastle and West Ham. Forest have Southampton... Chelsea, Arsenal and Palace, which based on current form, Southampton and Chelsea could be at six points that they need for survival, while games against Arsenal, who although probably aren't likely to win the league at this point, will still be up for the fight, and Palace have been playing exceptionally well under Hodgson now that they've discovered how to score. And then finally, Everton's final four games are against Brighton, Man City, Wolves and and Bournemouth. So I think out of the te- out of those four teams battling out for that final those final two spaces, I have to say I think Leeds do have the hardest run in, but they've probably got the manager that is most equipped for the job, even though they don't necessarily have the squad designed for his type of football. At this point, all this fancy stuff that Leeds have tried doing with the ball, all the different formations with Bielsa trying to use the wide men really effectively. Then Marsh coming in and trying to implement a Red Bull model. Javi Gracia just doing whatever he's got them to do and somehow digging up some points. They've now moved on to Big Sam Allardyce, who, in my mind, I just want, I almost think he's full on going to just walk into the press conference and in true Mike Bassett, England manager style, I want him to lay out the facts to everyone. They will be playing 4-4-4. Four, four, to, which to be honest I think is unlikely because I don't think they have the squad for it but Big Sam isn't a dinosaur but he knows what he can get out of players whether there's enough in the squad for him to be able to get the results they need that's another matter but to be honest I really like Big Sam seeing him back in the Premier League even if it could be a fleeting four games I want him to have the very best success Um, that being said I think one man that will be disappointed to see Big Sam go to Leeds will be Todd Bowley, and he will definitely be kicking himself. Um, As an American, he clearly likes all things big and bold, and that is everything Sam Allardyce is. Um, Instead, he is stuck with Fat Frank Lampard, someone of still reasonable size, a man with currently an appalling Premier League record. Obviously, he tailed off, at the end of his reign as Everton manager, and now he's back as Chelsea manager, somehow. In those stints, his last 19 games, Frank Lampard has won just one game. There's been a few draws, but shockingly, one game only. Although Everton still are struggling a bit under Sean Dyche, you can't help but think that that is still the right decision. And if they kept with Frank, they wouldn't be in this fighting position. They still, Everton still has some tough fixtures and they are still a point behind the three teams above them. It is going to be difficult. But Frank Lampard is truly appalling. I know the toxic environment at Chelsea is absolutely abysmal. It's not a great place to go and try and manage Graham Potter got absolutely chewed up and spat out by them, which is in truly disgraceful style. 
and which will potentially, like the same way that Moyes struggled post Manchester United, I think Graham Potter won't be looking won't be looked at in the same light as he was when uh, before becoming Chelsea manager. But Frank Lampard's gone in, and there's a wealth of talent in theory in that squad. And now every team that is going to be playing Chelsea for the rest of the season, they've surely got to be rubbing their hands together going, that is a potential three points. So their upcoming fixtures, Chelsea have five games left that is of the season. They're away at Bournemouth, they're home to Forest, they're away at Man City, they're away at Man United and they're home to Chelsea. Of those fixtures, the first two are clearly the ones that they would look at and go, those are the most winnable. They're against Bournemouth, they're against Forest, who have both been involved in the relegation battle this season. Obviously, Bournemouth are just out of that. But Chelsea are only on 39 points. In theory, and it's a big ask because it would involve three teams in the relegation zone winning three of their remaining games. That involves results against Man City. It's results involving Arsenal. But, in theory, Chelsea, at this point, could still get relegated. It will not happen. But, it must be absolutely humiliating, as a Chelsea fan, to be in that position. Absolutely hilarious for the rest of us. All us other 14 fans know what it's like to be in a relegation scrap. We know... We know the horrors of watching bad football. I've watched enough West Ham games when we went through seasons of being relegated under Avram Grant of absolutely shocking, shocking football. The difference is, though, those teams didn't have a huge amount of talent. In the nicest way possible, there were limits to those squads. However, given the money that Chelsea have spent, they should be absolutely cruising it. They should be Champions League team. They should be pushing for the Premier League title. And it may turn around next season under the right manager. But currently, they are scrapping it out with the other 14 in true, brilliant style and very entertaining for the rest of us. We absolutely love to see it. Watching them being turned over on a semi-regular basis by the other 14 is just fantastic for us. The cheek that they thought that they would be able to just rock up into this European Super League and make it their own thing, well, it's absolutely laughable. Brentford went to Stamford Bridge and humiliated Chelsea. Did Brentford have most of the most of the ball? No. Did they have most of the opportunities? No. But they had the most goals. They looked like they had the most fight. They looked like they had the most quality. And it was a well and truly deserved three points for Thomas Frank's men. Which has, although they suffered a little bit at one point of the season, not that long ago, they had a little dip in form where they weren't kind of churning out the results as much as possible. They're now sitting on 50 points after 34 games and they're in ninth spot. Look, they could in theory just about scrape a European spot I think it's unlikely. I think that Brighton still having seven games left, as of recording, is an absolutely mad advantage that they've got over the teams above them. And I think Brighton probably will finish in one of the European spots. And then that realistically leaves seventh spot to 
kind of be fought out. Well, yeah, seventh spot to be fought out between Aston Villa, Brentford and Tottenham. With it just being me and it being a very short podcast this week. Um, unfortunately, we are going to have to skip over goal of the week. I'm being true to the podcast. It is Tom's section where Tom gets to award the goal of the week. And since he is unavailable and has not provided me with the winner, which he was asked to do, I feel I'm going to have to move straight on to currently my favourite section of the show, which is the Fab Four Predictions game. So, after last week, I was sitting on 53 points, Tom was sitting on 46 points, I had a nice 7 point cushion. And then, it turns out this game week was possibly one of the most predictable game weeks we could have imagined, with at least one of us predicting the outcome of the match. So, Palace v West Ham, great game at Selhurst Park, the 12.30 kickoff. It was just a recipe for goals. And that was with the Selhurst Park fans right behind their team. And to be honest, West Ham made it very easy for all of them from the word go. Some absolutely rapid fire goals from Palace before West Ham were able to pull one back. And then as a spectacle, the game just kept going. With the second half starting, there were all, there had already been five goals in the game. With there then being a final two goals in the second half, courtesy of a penalty and a knife, a good questionable headed handballed goal into that, left that game with left that game as four three. Tom saw West Ham picking up a draw. I saw the Palace win and went with three two, so that was one point to me. Then we're moving on to Bournemouth Leeds. As I said, for predictable games, we both saw Bournemouth going and doing the business. They are just on a hot run of form. Tom thought it'd be a modest win with just the 1-0. I thought Bournemouth were going to score goals, which they did. I went for 3-1, missing out on those three points just by just one goal. 4-1, what a win for the Cherries. And that 4-1 did include, amazingly, two goals from Jefferson Lerma in four minutes, who is not known to score goals. And then what was absolutely crippling for me was the fact that Bournemouth scored in the 90-plus-1 minute. And then we had Newcastle-Southampton. Well, let's be honest, we knew there was always going to be a Newcastle win. Southampton just are awful on the road, they're awful everywhere, and Newcastle-St. James's Park is an absolute fortress. Newcastle wrapped up winners quite comprehensively there with a 3-1 win. Um, Tom and I were fairly close to getting this right as well. All we didn't see was Southampton getting that one goal, which Stuart Armstrong, we're very much both disappointed in you. Um, Tom saw it as being a 3-0 result. I saw it as being a 4-0 result. So that... With that result, once again, another single point for the both of us. And then finally, Leicester v Everton. Um, When speaking the other week about Leicester's couple of games that they had going on, they were playing in fairly quick succession, both Leeds and Everton. These games, as much as I would say must wins, they were very much not lose games, and that is what they did. Unfortunately, they couldn't get all three points against the Toffees with 
Iwobi scoring a 54th minute goal, which was probably quite well earned by Everton. And then against Leeds at Elland Road, they couldn't do more than the one all, but they did get a fairly late minute Jamie Vardy goal, 80th minute, which Jamie Vardy is just on a bit of a hot run of form now, which is very impressive to see from the, let's say, elder gentleman of the Premier League. But that draw... But with that draw, saw Tom pick up one point as he went for the one all. It was, in fact, two all between Leicester and Everton. I thought Leicester were maybe going to, I don't know, kick on a bit more. Dean Smith maybe inspired them, gone a little run, maybe pick up an extra three points against a fairly poor Everton side, particularly when they're on the road. But nonetheless, it was just the draw. So Tom picked up one point there. So after us effectively having our most successful time we've ever had with these results... Both of us getting, well, three out of four in terms of getting the quite Three out of four with us getting the correct result, which uh, I think is quite impressive. Those results move Tom on to 49 points and I move on to 56 points. Still maintaining that seven point lead and still ahead in the Fab Four predictions game. And before we move on to predict our next lot of Fab Four fixtures... I'll be telling you what games you can be looking forward to this game week. So the fixtures for game week 35 are as follows. In the Nathan Ake derby, Bournemouth host Chelsea. Man City face off Leeds. Tottenham welcome an informed Crystal Palace to the new Shire Hart Lane. Wolves face off against Aston Villa. And Liverpool welcome Brentford to Anfield in the late kickoff on Saturday. And then on Sunday, two fixtures, Newcastle against Arsenal at St James's Park. Newcastle hoping to continue this good run of form with Callum Wilson looking to maintain his goal-scoring form also. And then West Ham at the London Stadium host Man U on a 7 o'clock Sunday kickoff. Absolutely bonkers time for a game of football. And then finally, and then on the bank holiday Monday, we've got a special 3 o'clock kickoff with Fulham at home to Leicester, which, looking like it, as all results are these days, is a must-win for Leicester against one of the more winnable fixtures out of all the teams down there this game week. And then at the Amex, 5.30, Brighton host Sean Dyche's Everton. And lastly, the game week is wrapped off with Nottingham Forest at home to Southampton. Um, Very much, Forest must win this. Every man and his dog is picking up points against Southampton. They are not strong. They are there for the taking. And let's just hope Forrest can score some goals. And so, for the Fab Four predictions game, um, I will be giving the listeners my Fab Four predictions right here, right now, because I can, while I'll pick up Tom's away from the podcast record, and he will be judged firmly and harshly when he's back next time. So, starting off, we have a look of Wolves v Aston Villa. And Aston Villa, under that Emery hot runner form, still absolutely electric as a team. Um, obviously, a little bit unstuck against Manchester United away at Old Trafford, losing 1-0, which um, was celebrated s- disturbingly hard by some uh, former Man U players at NL Pundits. But to be honest, looking at Aston Villa, their form is absolutely incredible. Wolves on the back of a 6-0 loss to Brighton. You can't see them being 
that great. Although they are unbeaten in their last three home games. Um, but to be honest, Aston Villa, they do... Oh, I'm going to say a draw here. I think it's going to be a nice 2-2 draw between the two sides there. So, and then Fulham v Leicester at Craven Cottage. Um, it's quite a tough one to call, really. Fulham have lost their last three games, but they have been only close losses and against three good sides in Liverpool, Man City and Villa. Before that, they had turned out victories against relegation battlers Leeds and Everton. While Leicester are probably on one of their best runs of the season, having been unbeaten in three with one win and two draws, a valuable five points indeed. So with these two teams, where do I think it's going to go? I think I'm really going to speak from the heart here, and this is this is where my prediction is. I think Leicester are going to win. Not because I think they'll win, but because I want them to win. And I think Leicester, it'll be a Jamie Vardy special again. I'm going to say it's going to be 2-1 to Leicester. And then Bryson v Everton. Um, it's at the MX. Everton are pretty poor. It's one of those that you know it's going to be a Sean Dyche smash and grab if you don't predict it. But I've got to have faith in DeSherby and his Brighton squad who have just been really, really good of recent. They they can't let this season drop off with a poor result here. They're pushing for those European spots. Everton have only got two points in their last five games. Um, they don't travel particularly well, but they don't do well at home either. I'm going to say that it's going to be a 3-1 Brighton win. And then finally, Forest v Southampton. It is a must-win for Forest at the city ground. It's a tough one. Or is it? It is, because Forest, although looking at the games they've lost recently, away at Brentford, away at Liverpool, home to Man U, and away at Villa. Their most recent home game was a 3-1 win against Brighton, which by all means is a very good result. And then Southampton... One point in five, that shocking three-all draw against Arsenal. Other than that, losses to Bournemouth, Newcastle, Palace and Man City. Not a particular kind run either there for Southampton. Um, But it's going to have to be Forest. I'm going to say Forest don't really do clean sheets. And Southampton have kind of scrapped and got the odd goal here and there, even at home to Man City. And against Newcastle away. Okay, I'm going to say it's going to be a 2-1 Forest. And with that, we are at the end of this bite-sized episode of the Other 14 podcast. Um, I apologise to all listeners for the fact that it's just me this week. But still, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And I hope this hasn't turned you away from the pod. Um, Please do follow us on your social platform media of choice. You'll be able to find the link to all of the other 14 accounts in the podcast description. And please do give us a rating on your podcast platform of choice. Five stars would be truly amazing. Anything else, or just leave a friendly comment saying how this is the best episode you've ever listened to because it was just me. And then, of course, do recommend us to your friends, family and other 14 fans and with that it is just goodbye from me and we'll see you next week on the other 14 podcast